0: Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show I have a remarkable woman. Her name is Gul Khan. She is a money mindset coach who helps people to change their relationship with money by changing their mindset. She works with energy tools and helps people heal from past traumas which are blocking the flow of abundance from coming into their lives. Although Gull has been diagnosed as being severely dyslexic, she is a trained barrister who has walked away from the corporate sector And put down her lawyer's hat to use her knowledge and skills to help people resolve their money blocks so that they can go on to live a life of abundance. She is also the author of the book, The Laws of Money, which teaches you how to use the seven spiritual laws for wealth and abundance in your life. She is a survivor of an abusive relationship and is a great believer that life did not happen to her but has happened for her. With first-hand experience of being financially abused, let's find out how Gul Khan turned her pain into her life's purpose. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth online workshop. This workshop is here to help anyone who is healing their life after being hurt, to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to help them find their feet again, to be able to move confidently in the direction of a rich and rewarding life to find out more to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop go to sandy's keys to success at sandyj .com.au. Hello, goal I am super excited to have you here as a featured guest today. Now, the listeners won't know that I have been following your podcast, Money Mindset, with Gul Khan for some time now. And yours is the only podcast that I follow and listen to every single episode. And the reason why is because what you teach is helping me to transform my relationship with money. So before we dive into today's interview, I just want to start off by thanking you, for the work that you are doing as it is helping me to go deeper and deeper into healing my life after the cycle of abuse that I was caught in. Now, a very big warm welcome to you, Gaul. Can we start please by you just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be doing the work that you're doing now, transforming relationships with money?
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much, Sandy, for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I was really excited to be here. And thank you so much for your kind words. I'm really, really pleased that I'm helping you through my podcast. My podcast is my baby. I really love it. And the reason why I started it was for this very reason, so I can reach out to people all over the world and who, who need my help and I'm unable to be there for them um, because obviously there's only so much time that I have and I can I can only work with so many people. At the same time, that's the same reason that I've wrote my book that so I can reach out and help other people through my lessons, through my working and I'm still a work in progress. I always say I'm not fishing produ a finished product <laughs> not by a long shot. Um, I'm a work in progress but I can help people other people on the way help them change their lives and i think the reason why i focus on money is because i think once you start focusing on money i think that's a good starting point point. and when you start looking at money you think okay so how can i change my relationship with money and the way i help you to look at money is you have to focus on your deepest darkest demons which you may not otherwise want to address or or, or actually deal with but because mo- money is such a great motivation it allows you to work on your deep inner self, and that's when the transformation comes. And money comes, it becomes a byproduct at the end. It becomes a self in you know, it becomes a journey into the into yourself. And that's what helps you to transform your in you know yourself from being where you were before to where you are. And money is one thing that I when I say to people, it's, it's so easy to make, they look at me and they laugh. And I'm like, You're laughing now because you don't understand the concept behind it, and you just, you don't understand the laws to it. Once you become familiar with the laws of money, once you become familiar with how money works, you know, the energetically how it works, you would say the same thing. You would agree with me. The monkey money is easy. But getting to that point of being in alignment with money is not the easy part. That's the difficult part. And most people struggle with that aspect. And unfortunately, most gurus completely ignore that and sidestep, and just tell you to, think positively and just say I love money and money loves me and you somehow believe the falsity you have to get to the point when you actually do love money but not love from the greed need way but the empowered you know I respect you and I want you in my life kind of way does that make sense so that's the reason why I started
0: absolutely and I think as much as you are a spiritual person you're also a very scientific person and you have a very logical side to you as well so that I think helps to bring everything into balance so it's not just this woo-woo kind of you know money is good money is wonderful and expect that that is going to be the thing that is going to bring money into your life if it's just that thing and that thing alone yeah but that there are a lot of practical steps that you need to take as well in your life to clear the path for money to come to you and as you know this podcast um is there for women who have been hurt by some form of abuse in a relationship and um i would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself Gull, and um so that the listeners have an understanding that um Goal is a very real person with, um, you may be very educated and successful, but uh, that hasn't been enough to protect you from being hurt yourself. And, you know, just whatever you'd like to share that's on your heart, Goal would be really appreciated. Um,
1: thank you, Jen, um, Sandy, for allowing me to go to that part of my life. Um, I don't speak about it as often as I, I would like, actually, because of people always ask me about money. But that is a real reason why I've actually started this journey on um, around mind, around mind and money. So my background is I've I've seen the masculine energy dominate the, the feminine energy. So the males over the females since I, was a, since I was a baby, to be honest. My father played this card with my mother. My father was very abusive towards my mother. I haven't actually mentioned that very often. The fact that I've actually seen my father physically abuse my mother as well as a child it, it, that marriage was awful. He just—he did not want her, uh, but he didn't want to leave, want her to leave either. So he wanted to keep her, and he, he got married to someone pretty because he didn't think my mother was very pretty again because she had dark skin. Um, he he wanted someone with light skin. Um, but he, you know, so so he was very abusive to her. So I saw the masculine be very abusive in that respect. But my father was a self-made millionaire and he had a lot of money. He'd probably be a billionaire in today's standard. And um, so my mother left him, but she had the the, I think she had enough self-respect to walk out of him, uh, walk out of that relationship when he remarried. And when he said he wants he wanted a second wife, and he married without her permission. And so she walked out because Islam allows men, um, so they're very Muslims, and Islam allows the, the man to have up to four wives. Um, whereas at the same time, it gives the wife the full um, autonomy. If she does not accept the husband's second wife or whatever, then she's able to walk out and get a get a divorce from him too. So it's not like you know, females di- are um, t- tortured like that at all. Anyway, so she, my mother worked out on him, and that was the that was the first my that was the, that was the energetic imprint that was on my life, unfortunately. And I just want to I brought this in uh, I brought this up so people understand what energetic imprints are. That became an energetic imprint on my life so that when I got older, and even though, as you said, I you know I am a barrister here in the UK, I'm also a fully qualified solicitor with England waste Laws. Like so I'm, I'm a dual, I'm one of those rare breeds that I'm a duly qualified, both as a solicitor and a barrister, which is very, very rare. And I'm also qualified with the New York Bar Association, so I'm a New York attorney as well. So I am a lawyer qualified in 3 jurisdictions, jurisdiction and my background is banking finance, so I'm used to earning a high income and so forth and whatever. So nobody would think that someone like that would would either go through physical or verbal or even sexual abuse. I've suffered all three, okay? So starting off with the physical abuse, I had an arranged marriage with, with my daughter's father and he was first verbal and then he became physically abusive. And when he became physically abusive, especially when I had my daughter, she was only eight weeks old the last time this incident occurred. That's when I think the. I think if he was physically abusive to me the way he was, I don't know if I would have the courage to, to step out because you get accustomed to abuse. This is something that people don't realize. The reason why women do not walk out of abusive relationships is because they get accustomed to it and they don't even have the. the, the They were thinking that this is wrong somehow. They somehow feel that they triggered it and they are a fault. So if they take on the blame. So um with with my with with my that ex it was because that my baby was in my hand and i was concerned that he could he was he, he was attacking me while the baby was with me you know what if my baby got hurt right um she could have gone out of my hand and fallen down the stairs or whatnot so i think that was a trigger which pushed me and i called up the, i called up the police and that was the end of that marriage so but i didn't i didn't <laughs> um destiny had other things planned for me or whatever uh when i finally got through the divorce with him with, with him this financial abuse too because i was a breadwinner i was a main earner he was the one who was staying at home which was perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with that i don't i don't believe in i still believe that females can go out and work and men can stay at home there's nothing wrong with that. there's nothing to be ashamed about the only thing is culturally i think he began to feel that somehow i he became subservient to me so he wanted to k- keep his power over me and that's what came with through physical abuse so he was very you know, I'm, I'm five foot six and I was slim build at that time. And he was six foot and quite, quite chunky and quite large. So that was physical abuse. But I think that was not as severe as what happened to me after. So I got, once I finally div- um, divorced him, a couple of months after that, I met um, somebody who's known me for ages. Like he's known me since we were younger. He fell in love with me when I was younger. I had no clue, wasn't really interested. But he came and proclaimed to his undying love me and told me he loved me for 16 years, a whole wide world. The whole world knew how much this guy loved me, you know, his family and everybody else and da, 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 how he came to UK. very he, he was in Pakistan. The only reason why he came to UK was so he could marry me. You know, He wanted to be with me and so forth. So it's such rubbish. Anyway, um, at that time, I was I was looking to get to know him and to to see him. But Again, through whatever reason, There's a, we can say a gazillion reasons now, but it was destined to be this way. Literally within a couple of months of meeting him, I was married after him and I'm now in my second marriage and someone who was madly in love with me, apparently that love died within two weeks, no joke, within two weeks, he was no longer, you know, he began to show his lack of interest in me. And slowly, slowly that um that interest became abusive. So now with him, he was very adamant. He didn't want me to go out and work. He wanted me to stay at home with the family. And he said, I'll provide for you. And, and give credit where credit's is true. He worked really hard. And um he did um, you know, he did provide for the family financially. And it got more and more and more and more. So the kids were my my condition was kids had to go to private schools. He was, he was provide for that. But then what he did was his money became so toxic because he was so toxic towards me. So you know everything about me, the fact that I'm beautiful, he tried to kill that off. so he killed the fact that he made me feel that I was fat, ugly and everything under the sun that I wasn't attractive and no man would look at me. He himself um you know had the thing um, and this is where the sexual abuse is not just abuse when someone forces themselves on you. Sexual abuse is also the abuse to make you feel that you are so unworthy, that, God, you're so ugly and so disgusting that he can't even have an erection, right? He made me feel that as a woman, I was so lacking and I was so disgusting. And especially my, you know, my personal um, areas were so repulsive to him, he couldn't get an erection. And so he made me feel less of a woman and the fact that which man would look at me, you know, I'm so disgusting, right? So so I haven't shared this part with a lot of people because it's, it's very private, but I think the females here need to listen to this, all forms of abuse and goes on, on all females
0: now. And it's, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. It's
1: a lie. It is, um, you know, for someone who was, and I'm not being egotistical, I'm being very honest when I look back I didn't know this at the time when I look back at school at uni or whatever I was very focused on my studies but I was I remember hearing this I was one of the, the so-called the prettiest girls in college whatever and I had a lot of people interested just because I was so focused on my studies I never paid attention to anybody who was looking yeah. at me because I was just yeah. I'm I was very focused on my studies and I had to get somewhere uh, so so i uh, so i've been told all through my life that i was really attractive and this is what he said as well that you are the most, the most.
0: you are beautiful let's you know it's such a lie what he was feeding you oh, yeah. terrible and he, but
1: he made me feel no so the, the the thing is it was the, it, this is typical um behavior for narcissist. Mm. so normally he would say to me um you know you're so beautiful look i can't even get a reaction with you and i can't even do this look like something wrong with me but it's you know it's you know that you know i can't do anything about it and then when we would discuss it the, the point would be that he's repulsed with me and i'm ugly and i'm fat and i'm whatever and i need to go and lose weight and maybe that would help and maybe that would make him bed something ridiculous like that you know anyway so this carried on and it got worse and worse um to becoming financial abuse was when he was financially controlling yeah. That's so that's something else So he made me totally financially dependent on him and then because he wouldn't let me go out, and then it got to the point when when you get hope when so this is someone with people to understand uh, Sandy and this is going to be very important for your audience. You can have something called toxic money. Now, toxic money what is when toxic money sets in, it's the money that you need to survive. You absolutely don't survive your day-to-day for your food, for your shelter, that kind of money. But it comes from a source which is really toxic, really, really toxic. And you loathe yourself from taking money from that source. It could be a husband, as it was in my case. It could be a parent. It could be an inheritance. It could be something else. It could be welfare. Welfare can become very toxic to you as well. So you feel so much shame and embarrassment, frustration and loathing at receiving money from this source, yet you need it to survive. That's toxic money. And you get into this vicious cycle. The more you get angry and upset and frustrated with the source of your, um, or the supply of your of your money, the more you need it. So it's really, really, really toxic. So the more angry I got with myself for relying on him, the more I tried to make money from elsewhere, the more dependent I became on him. And I promise you, I, you know, now everything I touch turns to gold. I, you know, that's, the it, God got the touch as, as I'm told now. In that time, everything I touched turned to dust. It was so bad. It doesn't matter what business I tried or what I tried. And I knew I'm very, very smart. Not intentionally. I just had to become very smart because I'm dyslexic. So I had to learn a lot more. So I would have to learn three times as much as everybody in the room because I there was no other way I would understand the concepts, right? So which in the long term helped me because i ended up becoming one of the smartest people in the room. I walk in, and most of the time, even till now. Most of the time when I'm walking to them, I'm either the smartest or one of the smartest people in the room. So I wasn't dumb. And I've had, but I couldn't make, a, I couldn't make any business work, forget anything. I mean, from the basic things like affiliate marketing to to, to any anything imaginable, I just couldn't make it work. Why? Because it's toxic. But in hindsight, I know exactly what was going on. At that time, it made me reinforce the idea that I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. And, you know, I know I, also the idea that I need him to survive
0: you see absolutely absolutely now this is a huge concept to wrap your head around but one that I'm sure that someone who's listening is going to just go oh yes this is exactly Mm -hmm. what it is like for me but go what do I do to change that because that association is so strong and it's a bit of a vicious cycle. So you in your book you describe something that's called a financial thermostat which I just absolutely love that concept. This is what we have when it comes to money that we have this thermostat which is preset and because of this so can we talk about what a toxic relationship with money because you've got toxic relationship to money what that financial thermostat looks like but then also what do we do to change or how, you know what can we do to change the thermostat to so that we can instead of having more bills than um income we can turn that around to have positive cash flow in our lives
1: well that's a great question but then that's two different questions toxic money does not impact your financial thermostat it just stops you might receiving money from all different sort of um, um supplies so i mean using the word wrong word any money that you get is coming from is a your is your supply so whatever channel is giving you money, be it your husband, be it your job, be it your business, be it your father or mother whatever it is, right? That's just your channel. Your source of supply is always divine source energy. Let's get that clear, very, very clear. Your source is always, always, always going to be divine source energy. For me, that's Allah subhanahu For you, it could be Jesus or it could be Buddha or it could be just universe. It doesn't really matter what term you give to divine source energy. So that's the first thing to understand. The problem we have is your toxic money will actually not it just impacts all kinds of money so financial thermostat is another concept we'll have to talk about separately because but it has no impact on toxic money your toxic money stops that it just stops you from getting money from any other place it just means you're stuck with where you are and therefore i was used to earning um you know over six figures in my job so my financial thermostat was quite high i pushed it quite high Yes, I, I will talk about a bit why it had um, the negative sides of it because I hadn't fixed my thermostat. So it had a negative side, so I worked extremely hard for it. But I was used to earning six, uh, six figures. That wasn't the problem. The problem was I had made money toxic because of the, uh, the current channel that I was coming it was coming to me for. So this is where you have to work on. Now, how do we change that? That's a million dollar question. That's something you need to sit down with somebody and work out exactly why it's toxic, why, what point it became toxic. And then they have to re-go really away and have to disconnect money from that situation. And this is something that you need to do with a, a mentor or something else. I don't feel people can work on toxic money by themselves. I really don't. Mm-hmm. They are, they need to speak to someone—not say me, but someone else—and they have to work, talk this they through and say, okay, when did this become toxic? How did it become toxic? And why is it toxic? You need to work that out first, and then disconnect that that situation from money. And then send money blessings. Now, there's various tools you can use to start changing your relationship with money because at the moment, all your relationship with money is this toxic money. So when you start adding in the, you know, using your money avatar and we can work on, we can talk about the financial thermostat a bit and we can use all these various tools to to work on your money, it starts to change. But this on your own is a very, very difficult work. I, I find, I, I, ha- I worked on this myself but i even at that time i was getting help so i had energy healers that i was working with yeah the thing is i would i would do analyze it myself and i get my energy healer to work on that on the aspect of my if that makes sense okay so yeah. nobody understands this money as- aspect the way i do but i got somebody else to work on me energetically this is how i break free and i can i can do it for other people i'm a, I'm a very good doctor for other people uh, you know money doctor for other people but you yourself, you can have the best surgeon in the world they need and somebody else to do surgery on them. It's simple as that. Same with energy work. So I would analyze where I need to work on and then do it. And then I have this, um, this energy worker that she's brilliant. She's more working on, 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 a, on a relationships than she does money, but she touches the money too. And then she was able to come in and help me clear some energy blocks around it too. So this, this has been an ongoing process and this the work that I've been working on, on myself, because I understand, um, what we need to work on, but I can't work on it myself because I'm in the situation. Therefore, the audience, whoever's listening, you need to, no, don't go to random Reiki healers or whatever, go specifically to a specialist who can help you around this aspect, and uncover okay, what's toxic, what's not, and 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 disconnect from it. So in this this module we cover this is module nine for me in my mastermind. I don't touch on toxic money uh, when it when people come to work with me until they've gone through, you know, they've they've done the forgiveness work, they've gone through the mum story, they've gone through the dad story, they've worked out why they don't have savings, they've worked out why they don't why they have or you know what's gone on with debt. They they worked on the firm, financial thermostat by the way, so income goals. They worked through all of that. They worked on the, on the financial trauma. They worked on the gold trauma. Once we've l- removed all those layers, then we talk about toxic money because we've talked about toxic money before that. Like, there's so many other layers that could be going on. You could be confusing that with toxic money. Mm. Um, you, again, you need a specialist to work out whether you have, for so example, you say, oh, I have cancer. Yeah, well, you may not have cancer. You may have some other issues which are causing symptoms which are similar to cancer. This is where, this is, if you were if you equate quit anything, Cancer is equivalent to toxic money. That's literally what, what it is. And if you do have toxic money, working on other things is not going to remove it. I'm not saying that it will. You do have to get to it. But the pro, the, the thing with the process is, as you would go for doctors, they don't automatically think you're, you've got cancer. They do various tests mm. first to determine what illness it is, and it could be the can that it could be hidden cancer. They have to go through, try the that, and then they work out. Oh, actually, it's this is cancer. That's pretty much what toxic money does. So most people think they don't have toxic money. They get to the author and stuff, and the people who do have toxic money realize, oh, this is the reason why. And that's the jackpot point. I'll give, an, I'll give an example. I had a lady work with me, called my lovely, lovely, lovely lady from from UK, and she'd been living in Scotland for about the past sixteen years. And she came, when she came to work with me for the first seven modules, and we had toxic money was then module seven. We were do this then during the boot camp stage when you, it was only the three month program. The first seven uh, modules, she, nothing happened for her. She worked through it diligently, nothing happened financially anyway. She goes through toxic money, floodgates open, she's sick, she's you know, she's um she goes through a really, really sick phase where she's really, really ill, um, crying her eyes out, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, long, but two weeks later, lo and behold, she's back to normal. And now, look at the magic. She hadn't made a single dime, not a single penny, in the two years prior to that. And within one week, she made £30,000 one week, okay, after toxic money. So I, ha- I can tell you example after example of heaven. This, this example stands out in my mind because I knew how powerful her story was and it was it was just toxic money. And hers was similar to mine because she was fully financially dependent on Guswa, her partner, who was financially abusing her. So... Mm-hmm. Um, does that help to explain toxic money? And we can talk about financial thermostat in a bit.
0: Absolutely, it really does. It's um and the other thing that I was thinking of that you mentioned early on is when you were talking about abundance coming from divine source energy. And um I just I'm interested to know how, you know your thoughts on uh, what happens to faith in the midst of having your security taken away from you because of abuse that's a great question i
1: think i think your faith gets tested a lot and um mine did but it only brought me closer to god so being Muslim, I, you know, we we do believe that everything comes from God and everything is from God, etc. So I don't speak, anything I say is nothing going against anyone's religious beliefs, because we all relate, all faiths say the same thing, that you're all good and everything, everything that happens, happens for a reason, and it comes from God. So... When, when this was going on i first of all I didn't recognize that I had all of these issues in the first place by the way i didn't I didn't realize I had toxic money I didn't realize I have all, all these problems I only realized that when I started when I started opening, when I separated from my ex-partner and started going into my inner life thinking, what's going on with me I realized I had all these money blocks and I had toxic money and whatever else but when i when i so when I left him my faith was tested and i kept, i remember crying I remember. That when I caught him red because I caught him red handed as well, so for someone who wasn't able to get an erection and had kept me celibate for the last five years, you know, we, we, I was literally on celibacy thinking, okay, he's not ill, blah blah, blah doesn't matter. For him, for me to catch him red handed and know that he was capable all that time, it was just not the fact that I wanted to be with him, but the fact that we didn't be in the marriage, you know, I was in that marriage partially because I thought it was my fault and to support him as well. And he'd been sleeping outside and had all these affairs and whatever. That was quite a shock and that's when i realized i've been sexually abused all this time i didn't even know that you know before that before that it was just poor boy poor man i used to pray for him that he's going through this torture and also because he also that's another form of abuse he told me it was my fault someone did black magic on him so he had this issue because of me because of black magic on me so that my husband cannot come near me and i believed it stupidly now (laughs) but i didn't actually believe it um so
0: (laughs) but it all, we're all you know guilty of that all that you know that happens Living to all light, of us yeah. where we you know we have the wool pulled over our eyes and we we can't see the absurdity in the lies that we're being told at the time because we want to believe and, and our trust hasn't been broken or shattered at that time because everything is still being hidden from us we haven't seen yeah the light of truth at the end of the day yet so um it's absolutely natural for us to believe, believe have this kind of naive trust in our partner because that's that's our standard that's that's who we are we you know and we don't expect them to be different no
1: but it it did give i mean that was quite Quite the shock to to see him like that and before that by the way so when I found out about the I found out about the film beforehand he was just look you know I can't get erection you know I can't do this I have erect uh, uh you know erectile dysfunction as a as a an issue so um you know it's just sex texting it's just sex sex union I thought that was bad enough So just catch him in the act it's just next level um and then that had my faith tested I remember going home and just praying on the mat a lot I mean my, my, my I didn't cry in front of my kids too much so I would cry at night and I didn't sleep for two months I'm now looking at my hindsight I find the I find the funny I find the situation quite funny you know catching your wife catching your ex-wife or your wife at the time catching you in the act is just quite hilarious it's so something at the movies or something at the time it was really painful and I I didn't sleep for two months but I didn't I didn't go away from God I went closer to God. I asked God for strength. I asked God for help. Mm-hmm. And I asked God for, to make it better. I remember praying so that, and I remember praying for him as our big believer in forgiveness. That, you know, I do believe forgiveness is a part of prosperity. I remember praying for him and said, look, I forgive him and I don't want anything bad to happen to him, but you do something good for me. You know, I forgive him for your sake. You, for, you know, forgive me and give me good. So I kept asking for good from God. I kept asking, that's my, that's my constant prayer. I forgive him for your sake. Um, and this is, and again, part, of, it, I suppose it's taught religiously as well. And that maybe that's where it comes from because it's very strong ingrained in me. Because I believe if, if someone's in something bad to me, I will pray for that person to have good. So that, you know, what if something bad happens to him? How's that going to benefit me in any shape or form? So why not make it so that if I pray for him and good happens to him? in order for good to happen to him, God has to do hundred times good to me because that person's already done bad to me. So he has to justify, you know, the balance. <laughs> so in order to have the balance, I, you know, lots of good has to happen to come my way to balance it out because this person's got, you know, this bad karma. So I was praying for him constantly. And I think that allowed me to forgive him a lot quicker than I would have otherwise. So I prayed for him. I said, I'm forgiving him whenever you do good for me. And I kept asking strength from God. So you, people have two things. People can either go, go away from God and will go to closer to God. I chose to go closer to God and I became, you know, I, I don't pray as much as, uh, at the moment, but till this day, my faith with divine synergy is really, really strong. I, everything I start with and everything I finish with, it finishes on God. If you, if you notice in my teachings or any of my podcasts, I've always yes. talked about building a relationship with God, building a relationship with divine energy, whatever name you give to it. I don't care. That's personal. You choose whichever path you want to walk on to go towards divine energy. You can use secular terms. and use the universe. is fine. I'm happy with that. I use them too. But it's forming that relationship with the one supreme divine energy, which gives you strength mm-hmm. to know that whatever's happened, wherever it's here, you can come out of it. And you will come out of it stronger and you can have and create anything you want. I think this is a thing that concept that we forget. um, And this is something we don't learn from our religion is that you are a co-creator. You are creating your life. Unfortunately, even in my religion, we're taught things happen to us because this life's a test. And, you know, like you're never in control. You're never in control. God's in control. Other people are in control, but you're never in control. Whereas what I've learned is when you build this relationship with god you become empowered you become in control because then you can now create whatever you want because god's good all the time god's never bad it's your thoughts your ideas your beliefs your actions which are creating your life if you come into alignment with god everything falls into place and and that's why you can create such a beautiful life
0: yeah absolutely and i'll yeah attest to that with um what goal has said that goal does reference divine source energy all of the time time. (laughs) whether it's in your podcast or whether it's in your book or your workshop and by the way, I've still got more questions. I'm not letting you get away just yet, but um, I do believe that you've got another workshop coming up too, which I think we'll have to put a link into the episode notes for the listeners to do that. Because I'm, I've been through Gull's workshop, and I'm telling you, there is just so much amazing teaching in this five days and it's not five full days it's five one hour sessions basically Yeah, you're not having to um set aside but it's not really setting aside it's just investing time and it's investing time in yourself and you know in your growth and your development so if you have any uh Look, if you're flying sky high with uh, with finance and money and everything, all is good, and you may not need to go and do Gaul's workshop, although she will help you to go to the next level. Um, so there's nothing to be lost from it. But if you need some healing done in uh, the area of finance and money, then go and do this workshop. It's, it's so cheap is what i'm gonna say go you're basically it. giving it away
1: yeah it's yeah, it's it kept the price is kept low on purpose so that it, had, yeah. it gives. And yeah and i and the reason why i i want as many people as possible in the workshop is it literally is foundational work so this isn't like some of the people that teach something else and teach yeah and then they have some something else going on in the masterminds. my mastermind my 12-month mastermind is based on these five days so the things you learn in these five days you will have if you come and work with me a deeper level my mastermind that's what we'll be working on so you know creating a money avatar and how to do cord cutting and how to in, in specific ways and you know and all the strategies are teaching those five days this is it's foundational and anybody who i mean the, the mastermind is not for everybody because it's financial commitment and it's a high level and a lot of people may not be in the position to invest that kind of money uh, financially but if you can come to the five days and just learn from these five days and implement that, you will be in a position to come and join me in the mastermind within a few months. And and then we can work at a deeper level to eliminate all the other issues. But this is to get you started
0: absolutely and it's a just a brilliant way to to get started um there's also ghoul's book which um i'll also include a link to that and i have read the book cover to cover and uh, i'm about to go back for the second reading (laughs) to to underline everything (laughs) it's just um again it's it's pure gold so um i Yeah, we talked about the loss of stability and what that can do to a person's faith and in your experience that um, actually brought you closer to your faith. maybe for others it it was for me I think that um I've definitely gone through my ups and my downs with my faith journey and um there have been times where I have I think not turned my back on it but I have distanced myself and Mm. I did love what you were saying about that Um, becoming co-creators because I don't think that that is an idea that's widely understood and when it comes to victimhood which is Mm. something it's very understandable to be in a a phase of being a victim when you are going through what you're going through Mm. in an abusive relationship but the idea once you come out of the abusive relationship is that at some stage to let go of that victim Mm. that victimhood and that victim mentality because it is something that can stay with you and you can carry through the rest of your life if you don't have an awareness that there's another choice and this is one of the things like it's a biblical teaching that we've we have been given free will mm. but when you are a victim of an abusive relationship your choices have been taken away or they seem to you seem to they have seem lost to yeah, they seem lost to all choice and you feel completely disempowered and then it's it's about trying to learn how to become empowered again on the other side of that and understanding that you actually have a choice to find that to follow that path to seek ways to become empowered again in your life that you don't have to stay broken that there is healing on the other side and I think, you know, it's quite apparent that you walked into a healing path when you stepped out of your relationship and even when you were talking about your faith and the way in which that you prayed and you prayed prayers of blessing your um, abusive ex-partner and that was your choice. You made a conscious choice and that's That was one example that um, I think I can illustrate now as being something which was you being a co-creator in your life, because in that moment, you could have chosen to become bitter and resentful towards your abusive ex for Um, for stringing you along for five years and you know using and abusing you in the way in which he did but you chose to bless him instead because I think you already had an awareness that if you did not start blessing him in that way that you would be carrying around that bitterness and resentment and that it would be hurting you do you think that's a fair thing to say or is it I think
1: so I, th- I think it is I think with me faith has always I don't know faith hasn't always my my mother passed through when I was 21 I think my faith was really heavily tested then and I but in a, in a funny in a funny like looking back in hindsight now it was, it was in a funny way I refuse to believe God but I, I prayed so mom passed away and I was very, very young and I was really angry with God at that time. And I would get up in the morning and take a shower and then I would, and the reason why I took a shower before praying was, it's not compulsory, and the reason I did it because I don't know who else would be smoking and drinking around because I didn't drink, the people around me did because I was at uni and all sorts of people did what whatever. So I would never drink or whatever, but those are my my values and my standards. I didn't do it religiously. Now I do it religiously as well. There's an intention behind religious in my life. At that time, it was just my standards. I I just don't do, I didn't do drugs and I didn't do alcohol. Um, I never have. So I would get up in the morning, take a shower and pray. And then I would say to God, so the benefit from this goes to my mother. Don't give it to me because I don't believe in you. Like, look, that's so funny in the hindsight. Like, yeah. I don't believe you exist. I'm telling someone that if he doesn't exist, who am I talking to right? So I would do that. But that was my way of dealing with grief at that time. Yes. But over over a period of time, it's just, um, you know, life has thrown me so many curveballs. But every single time I've got closer to God. And, and now I, you know, I've read something from Dr. Dr. Joseph Murphy and I love him to bits. I think my, he's my true mentor. If from all the people that i read and all the the, the people that could have been if he was alive now he would definitely be someone i would go and work with definitely but obviously um he's no longer with us but he through his books he's my mentor my um, i think my 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 strongest mentor and i adhere to his philosophy he was a pastor he you know he he talks a lot of references from the bible the Bible speaks to me too because it's part of my, um, you know, Muslims. We, we believe in all the all of all of the books, all the the you know the the Jews book and the Torah and uh, obviously the Bible too. So the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Bible is very close to my heart, and when you reference to it, I do. Um, it does make sense. It does talk to me, and so uh, he he says in, in in one of his books that God is good all the time. God's never bad. Okay? And it's our choices, which, you know, which through, you know, either conscious or unconscious choices we've made, which lead us down a path where we, you know, we harm ourselves. So man harms himself. It's never God punching you. It's your choices, which result in where you end up. Now, whether you like to admit it or not, you, it is. And then and you blame God for, you know, God, why did you let this happen to me? Why did you do this to me? And God's saying, well, actually, no, I've never done this to you. you. I've given you free will. You've chosen to come to this path and you are here now. So we are where we are by some of our choices, whether we like to take responsibility for it or not, we are, it could be subconscious. It could be something else. Now, this is where I think if I give you a reference to my dad, which I spoke about right at the beginning of the, of the interview, my, fa- my father was abusive to my mother. My mother, uh, my father remarried a woman 16 years younger than my mother. My mother had two children, my, 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 my brother and myself. My brother was six, seven, I was five, five and six, between five and six, my brother six and seven. Um, and she walked out on my father. He did not want to leave her. Um, he he wanted to keep both my mom and the second wife. He played the financial card of my mother refused to give her a penny, my mother being a stubborn woman that she was, walked out, made her own life, whatever she struggled with, but she made her own life. But I want you to understand that was the energetic imprint. Now I had the energetic imprint. So series of my choices, one or the other, they still my choices, whether I, uh, there's a conscious or conscious, but they are still my choices. And um, I made certain choices because that imprint to come to a point back in my mid thirties, the to has, by being an abusive partner in the relationship, which is fun. So Ifan was the abusive partner. Now he, my father made mom feel fat and ugly. My Ifan made me feel fat and ugly. But Ifan never physically uh, attacked me. That's because I think he was he was aware of the fact that I divorced my first partner because of physical abuse. I wasn't going to tolerate the second one, right? So I think he that's the only reason why he never lifted a hand on me. Otherwise, I think that would have happened as well. But um, he was. Um, so then, now look at the similarities. He cheated on a girl, which was 60 years younger than me. When I caught him red-handed, I walked out on him. He played the financial card because he wanted to keep both me and her. He literally said it: "I don't want to leave you either. I want You know, so he wanted to. Literally said to me, he wanted to keep me. He wanted to have me, and he wanted to have her. Um, I had two children. My youngest was five years old. Um, I had, um, at that time, I you mean, know, oh, the, I mean, the similarities just, it was striking. My mother was in her mid thirties. I was in her mid thirties and the financial card was a major, major uh, thing. Now somebody could say, oh, that was destiny. No, it wasn't. It was an energetic imprint that was on me that I hadn't cleared. So I made a series of choices, albeit subconscious to lead me down a path where I have now recreated my mother's exact life. Now, I could have sat there and, 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 be, and cried over, like, oh, this happened to me. Instead, I chose to get empowered. I thought, oh my goodness, with my education, like, how does a barrister end up being financially dependent on a guy who used to work for Burger King, you um, know, and someone who's so stunning, that believes, because believes my father made my mom believe she's fat and ugly. How does someone make believe, like, in, looks-wise, me and I there's no comparison, honestly, This. I'm much, much, much better looking than him any day, right? He, I would, yeah, Normal, sex, I wouldn't date him. Like, He's not my type at all, short and whatever. Um, so how does a woman who is superior in appearance believe the lies fed by this idiot that she is um, fat and ugly? But I did. Do you see what I'm, what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. So it was, they were my choices, my decisions, albeit subconscious a lot of them, which created my life now if i blame god for it at that time i did don't get me wrong i was like "How did this happen?" but if it happened okay let me forgive him blah blah now that I, I can stand back and really fully look at my life i'm like okay this is what happened it is status quo how do i change it if i can create this imagine what else that i can create and that was the empowering moment So when my aunt said this to me, instead of feeling sad for myself, I got empowered. Oh my God, what else can I create? And I have.
0: That is an amazing realization to have because instead of beating yourself up for where you were at that time saying, hang on, I'm a barrister, I'm really smart, hang on, I'm really beautiful, like (laughs) how did I end up here? But instead of giving yourself a hard time for it, you said, hang on, if I chose this, then what else can I choose? And you recognized in that moment that you still had power. So that's an amazing realisation to have, Gull. which um, I hope that that helps someone who's listening to uh, see that this is possible for you too and it is really so much about the way in which you view things as to um, which direction you're going to go and to, uh, when I first heard you, I've heard you say that before, Ghoul, about this realization that you had about I've chosen all of these things, I chose that relationship. Okay, well, imagine what else I can choose if I've chosen to create all of this in my life. The sky's the limit for me. I can choose anything I want and create it. And I that to me is the key that unlocked the door to you becoming a thriver again in yeah. life
1: agreed agreed yeah. it was it was the trigger that I needed to transform my mind mm. was it easy no <laughs> I had to go in deep in and face my deepest darkest demons and work out why I had those triggers i had to work out why i made those choices I had to work out what led me down the path and it wasn't an easy journey but it was well worth taking within um, i think a few months after that is when i got my first client that's the end of 2017 and within three years i am now oh, I have multiple businesses you know one of them in seven figures um actually, more, yeah, there's two of them in seven figures now it's just, it's the sky's the limit in terms of what's possible for me. I live in my own dream home, you know, my kids are back in private schools, so they're having a great life, and I have all the financial freedom that I could think of, and the mental clarity, and the happiness, and literally, I'm dreaming, okay, what else do I want? What else can I create? What else can I have? And that's the kind of life that I want for everybody. Everyone should be able to go out and dream and live those dreams as well.
0: That's what I love about you, Gull. It's um, it's about you, whatever you desire for yourself, you want exactly that for everybody else. Everybody,
1: yeah. yeah. I live by the golden rule. What I want for yeah. me, I want for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And that's, you know, one of the things I really love about you is your generosity. And I think that, again, is another doorway that you opened up to abundance is in your um your ability to claim that you have so much to be able to give and that's that in itself you know says you're abundant
1: but <laughs> well, you can only give what you have yeah and
0: so
1: in order for you to give to your house you must have that I means if I have I'm abundant
0: yeah yeah right yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we've had an absolutely amazing conversation. We've covered so much ground. Before I let you go, Gold, can you please share your links with the listeners so that they can come and find you?
1: Well, the best place to come and find me is in my podcast, which is Money Mindset with GoldCon. Um, a podcast. We're all over iTunes, Amazon, everywhere you can find us. We're actually one of, apparently, one of the top one percent of podcasts in the world. Apparently, so recently I found out. But um, it's, uh, but come and find us, and um, and you can if you like listening to me, and if you can keep up with my speed, then that's the place to be. Otherwise, if you are interested in the workshop that Sandy mentioned, that is a great place to start your inner journey. And that's www.abundancemindsetmaker.com. Come and look for that. It's 27 pounds approximately in, in Australian dollars, about twice as much, because I think this you get two Australian dollars for a pound. So just double it, and that's what it will be in Australian dollars. And of course, if you are interested in the book and um, my Laws of Money book, you can come to www.lawsofmoney.com or we can, you can go to Amazon and we're there as well. So go and go find me in Amazon a loss of money book by Gul Khan and uh, you'll find your numbers
0: Amazon too. Fantastic. And I will pop all of those links into the episode notes. So you can pop in there too, if need be, to find Gul and to get to any of those links. And for the final question, Gul, because this is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, can you tell me what that title means to you as a woman?
1: that that title to me means you are a queen so i read so i I heard something yesterday said if you don't feel like a princess it's because you're a queen you are so be the queen in your own kingdom you don't need a king to save you um you know be empowered be the hero that you're looking for we are so we grow up as girls in these these stupid storylines like you know this prince comes and saves you and you know uh entangled you know you have Um, This girl stuck in the tower, and and she's supposed to climb down the tower. Blah blah rubbish. Um, You know, all of that stuff. All these stories where there's some some external entity, a guy, a prince comes and saves you. And I, I am of the opinion, be that queen who doesn't need saving, and be empowered in being who you are. Be the hero in your own journey. Stop being a side character. Be the hero in your journey, and live your life your way. And if you need, you can save the king on the way down, by the way. So much more powerful. Remember in chess, the queen is much more powerful than the king. Can't do anything. We can do everything. Keep that in mind. There's, there's a reason why in chess, the queen is the all-powered and um, has the moves to be able to you know change the game in, a, in an instant. You be that queen. Stop looking for or waiting for a king or a prince or someone else. And remember, prince will come for a princess. You're not more a princess. You're a queen. Treat yourself like that
0: love it absolutely love it thank you so much paul for being on the podcast today it's been amazing thank you
1: so much for having me sandy it's been a it's been a pleasure i've spoken about things that i don't normally talk about but um this gave me a platform to be able to speak through that and that also also allows me to do a little bit of healing on that part too so thank you for that
0: Yeah, well, thank you so, so much. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation that I had with the amazing Gul Khan. So I'm just going to run through the top tips of today's episode and there are quite a few, but there was so much value in this conversation. I felt it really important to just go over the a lot of the tips that were there and just emphasize them for you to focus on and hopefully start implementing in your life. So number one because money is such a great motivator it allows you to work on your deep inner self. Number two learning ways to make money is easy but getting into alignment with money is the challenging part. Number three, it is important to understand that it is quite normal for women to become accustomed to abuse and this can cause you to settle for being mistreated and staying stuck in a cycle of abuse for longer than you should With this awareness, you can make a deliberate choice not to stay in a situation that is abusive just because it is something you have become accustomed to. Number four, it is also quite normal to take on a misguided belief that you have done something to somehow cause what has happened to you and feel a sense of blame for what is happening to you number five when you are receiving money from an abusive partner your relationship with money may become toxic toxic money comes from when you receive money from a source for your basic survival and you loathe yourself for taking that money from that source toxic money can be different sources If you have been financially abused and end up on welfare, this can become toxic money as well. The more upset that you get with the supply of that money, the more you need it. This is so important to understand because it's important that you don't become angry for where your supply of money is coming from for your basic survival because this has a negative relationship with the source from which your money is flowing and this reinforces negative beliefs like thinking you know I am dumb or I am stupid and reinforcing the belief that you need that source in order to survive. The thing to understand is that the only real source is divine source energy how it is coming to us is just a channel hopefully this will help you to look upon what you receive a little differently to be able to detach from the channel of your supply when that channel is a channel you wish you did not have and when you wish that you were receiving your supply from another channel but remember it all comes from the same source, divine source energy. It is good to sit down with someone and work through why money has become toxic and work out which point it became toxic for you and when it became toxic. Then you need to disconnect money from that situation and then send money blessings. If this speaks to you then it is good to get some help to work through this with an energy healer. I am an energy healer and I would love to help you with this. For anyone who listens to this episode there is a special half price energy healing session that you can access where that we can get started by seeing if you need to do any healing with toxic relationships you may have with money you just need to go through the episode notes and the link will be there in the episode notes for you to easily click on and book in a time to do a session with me So, and remember, this is a forever up there, you know, episode. So anytime that you tap into this, I will honor that um, that offer. Okay, so the next point, when looking at different forms of abuse... Sexual abuse is not only about sexual acts, it can also be in the form of withholding intimacy and telling you lies to make you feel unworthy or not beautiful or undesirable, even to the point of telling you things like no man would find you attractive. This is also a form of sexual abuse. And the next point, if you are a person of faith, there may be times on your journey where you either will lean in more to God or the higher being of your faith, or you may distance yourself from God or the higher being of your faith. Gould said a prayer when her heart was breaking from the deceit of discovering her husband had been unfaithful to her and had been lying to her and abusing her, saying that she forgave Her husband for the things that he had done and that she did not wish for anything bad to happen to him. And could God or the higher being of her faith do something good for her to forgive her and give her something good? She chose to turn her attention and energy into inviting good into her life at that point, rather than focusing on the things which had happened to her which were unjust and unfair. She chose to go closer to God, which helped her to heal much faster. The next point is it is liberating to realize that you are a co-creator in your life. When you understand that you played a part in wherever you are at in your life, then you will understand that you have the power to create something different. This is the key to freeing yourself from staying enslaved to victimhood, which robs you of your freedom to make different choices for your life. The next point, understanding that it is not just our conscious choices that create our present experiences, but that it can also be our subconscious choices that may also be creating our present experiences, allows us to recognize that there are both things we can do consciously and reprogramming the subconscious to bring about positive changes in ourselves and in our lives and the final point for this episode things that happen in your past can cause an energy imprint and this energy imprint can cause the same thing to play out in your life in your adulthood Remember though that if you are capable of creating one thing, you are capable of creating another thing and this other thing can be created with an awareness that you are worth more than what you have been tolerating to this point now if you are in an abusive relationship I encourage you to seek support and I'll end on that note by wishing you well and please stay safe I send you lots of love we all go through dark times when we do we often feel alone this is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen i am a life change facilitator i help women regain control over their lives you can find me at sandyj.com.au hey now can you just pause a moment before you go because i need you to share your light and leave a review can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in itunes let other women know this is a show they can trust it would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel i need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement if you like this show please subscribe